0: Basic human values transcend religious and cultural differences and express our common humanity. Doesn't that sound like the kind of world you'd want to live in? I'm Garland McWatters, and this is the Spirit of Leading Podcast. In this episode of the Spirit of Leading Podcast, we get to hear from the person who, as its principal led muskogee high school to become the first school in oklahoma to be named both a state and national school of character since then dwayne pemberton retired from public education after 36 years as a teacher a coach and a school administrator and in 2016 he was elected to the state senate to represent district 9 covering portions of muskogee and cherokee counties senator pemberton welcome to the spirit of leading podcast
1: thank you very much happy to be here
0: well, I'm delighted that you took time off uh, from uh, your committee meetings and everything today <laughs> to spend a few minutes with me, and uh, I want to talk about some things that you were doing back when you were a principal in uh, in uh, Muskogee, uh, particularly as it relates to the uh, OklahomaCharacter.com, Organi- uh, or dot .org, I guess, uh, program, and uh, what that meant to the high school there, and uh, how it's been a part, become a part of your life. Now, into introduction, you might recognize some of what I said. I quoted from a a a publication called the 11 principles of character education published by uh, character.org which is a national organization devoted to fostering some character education in communities somewhere along the way you kind of became a true believer in that (laughs) movement and now you serve on the board of directors for OK character Character oklahomacharacter.org What was that moment when you discovered or found OK Character, and and how did you learn about it?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you. I started my administrative career in 1989 at Hildale Public Schools, which is a suburban school district on the south side of Muskogee. Spent 18 years there as high school principal, and then I was hired as the principal of Muskogee High School in 2007 and was brought in primarily as a change agent. And when you're a change agent, that school district had not been very successful academically, cultural problems, you know high, high uh, poverty school district high minority a mm-hmm. lot of issues uh, and they brought me in because i had been very successful at hilldale which was a suburban school district but uh, we had a very high profile school district very successful and wanted to kind of turn things around so as it came into muskogee uh, i i became looking for ways to to change the culture and that's really mm-hmm. what you have to do is change the culture in order to get buy-in from all the kids and the teachers I think mm-hmm. people need to realize you got to get your whole community your educators your assistants your custodians uh, everyone that's involved in that school has to have buy-in in order to make change mm-hmm. uh, and one of the individuals that I worked with there was uh, Madison Tomlinson who is now the director of OklahomaCharacter.org, and at that time Madison was not affiliated but at the same time he'd always been a cult basically a guy that really believed strongly in character education really we started visiting a little bit about how do we change the culture where do we start and we took those 11 principles and decided we were going to try to incorporate those 11 principles at muskogee high school and begin to start on basic character traits and we started with a touch tone and the touchtone was the rougher Road, which Muskogee High School are the rougher's. And we had a road that runs right in front of Muskogee High School, and it's known as rougher mm-hmm. Road. Well, road is R-O-A-D. So we had the kids all come to the, to the cafeteria. We had two lunches, and we basically threw out some different character traits and talked to them about that and had the kids actually select the character traits that they wanted to focus on the first year that we began to work down this character trail and uh, it happened to come out to ROAD which was Respect Opportunity Achievement Determination Mm -hmm. and it worked out perfectly so that became our touchstone. Mm -hmm. At Muskogee we were a large enough school district we had our own basically production lab there. We had TV throughout the school and also our own channel. So uh, every morning I went on TV and did the morning announcements that was broadcast out to every classroom. That to focus on the road and mm-hmm. every day we start out with you know the end of broadcast with you know get on the road to success respect opportunity teach, achievement determination the rougher road right. and then we began to build videos on top of that and we started out with basic stuff like just manners mm-hmm. holding the door for people we do a video with kids holding the door for teachers and other students and saying thank you uh, appreciate it. And those are things that we weren't doing at Muskogee. Right. I mean, kids would just walk by, you just not even look at you, don't want to open the door. So we basically started with the simplest things and just trying to build those basic character traits, respecting others. We started with the respect part, and then we went on to the others, which built into basically test-taking skills and trying to get those test scores up. And we did that for two years. And as we met those 11 principles, and then we had Uh, people come in outside evaluators and we were actually evaluated and then became the first state school of character and then also the first national school of character in the state of oklahoma so and it changed and revolutionized the culture at muskogee we went from an f school to a b plus school in two and a half years Mm -hmm. test scores just went up the kids became more focused on each other and the integrity and the respect for others and the teachers brought our discipline scores, I mean our disciplinary infractions way down, our suspension rates dropped. Everything that you wanted to happen, character was the motivator. It was the transformational part Mm -hmm. of it that transformed the school district and the school system. So much so that there are three more schools in Muskogee Public Schools now that are state and national schools Mm -hmm. of character. Tony Getz, uh, the Sadler Arts Academy, uh, that was a focus of the previous superintendent was to become a district-wide state and national school of character, which there's 10 elementaries, a junior high, right. and so on. So we've moved down that road a little bit. The superintendent has since uh, retired, and we have a new superintendent, and he's uh, he's very much focused, too, on character, so Good. we're still moving in that direction. But that's how I got into the character piece. That's uh, That's a great story.
0: Uh, you said a couple of things in your in your response there, Senator, that uh, I've, I just want to stop and, and, and emphasize just a little bit. One was, as you were describing that how you and your friend sat down and talked about what could you do. Uh, I have had a number of interviews in this series of the Spirit of Leading podcast where someone that I was talking to said, well, a friend and I got together and we sat down and we <laughs> said, you know, we, why don't we do this or what right. would happen if and whatever. How, how many things happen because... A couple of people or a small group of people sat down and said well maybe we should do something about that right. and they took it upon themselves to go out there and start making something happen and that's what I mean by being empowered that's the energy from within you to really take action to do something positive and and empowered people uh, don't wait around for permission they don't wait around for someone to say well you go do it they just say well okay I think I'll just take take care of this mm-hmm. that is contagious And people see that happening. So, hey, I want to do I want to help out with that. And before you know, you got a movement going on here and good things are happening. And another thing is, uh, uh, as you described, uh, what you demonstrated is sort of like the work of influence. Uh, Influence spreads and permeates and drives out other behaviors, because as you're replacing something maybe counterproductive with something that's productive, you just keep emphasizing the good over and over and over again, and people finally start doing that, Right. and they're, of course, they're rewarded for it, and they're recognized for it, and they're, they're encouraged for it, and as a result of that positive reinforcement, it just becomes sort of the new way. <laughs> the students though. I'm really interested in in how they reacted to this because you know, I mean, teenagers, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of got their own they're in their own little space. Right. What did it take for them to to really get that this was something that you wanted them to do and it
1: wasn't just something you're doing to them. Well, this video production class had several students in it, and we also tapped into the leadership, the student council kids. Not only just student council, but also the athletic leaders. We wanted to find the leaders in the school that Mm -hmm. the kids follow, the kids emulate it. Then we also empowered your negative leaders, too, because you have negative leaders
0: in the school system. So you want to
1: bring those people into and say, hey, we would like you... You influence a lot of young, other students in in the population. We would like you to work towards this goal. So what we did is we brought those kids in to the production studio and we began making these little simple minute, two minute videos. And then we started producing and broadcasting those every morning out. Like I said, the just opening the door video where people open the door and say thank you. We found those leaders in the population that others looked up to. And we empowered those kids and brought them up to a point where they knew that they were going to be on stage and they were going to be empowered to do something positive. So it put them on the bubble, too, to make sure that they that they followed through with those types of things. And it just it just continued to grow. And then the teachers, we did videos for the teachers. And I'm about half-clown, to be honest <laughs> with you. So, I mean, we did all kinds of – we started out uh, doing uh, videos – uh, Duck Dynasty videos, right? Which we did those, but it were they were geared towards character, and they were de- geared towards test-taking skills right. or testing or whatever, and and they were funny, and we broadcast those to the kids and used them for teacher staff uh, development periods mm-hmm. and. It just changed and revolutionized the entire school, uh, in, a, in a course, of about two years. Well, using
0: pop culture, I think uh, sort of speaks to them. It's their sort of their world and language that they relate to, right. and it's not the same thing as a teacher sitting up and lecturing, saying, oh, "Okay, you got to do this <laughs> and you got to do that." It was just kind of has a whole different feel to right, it. Right, whole so, different feel to it. Uh, let them uh, know it's really from their perspective, and not us talking down to them. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit interested in uh, the work that you uh, did with young people who may have been sort of bent toward what we call some of the negative behaviors. Right. Uh, not that they're bad kids, but they no. act out in certain ways, and right. you know we all do that. Uh, uh, what was was it hard to get to them, or did they seem to really kind of get it and they, they they made that decision on
1: their own to 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 engage? I mean,
0: what's that story?
1: Basically, you know, there's not really bad kids right. but there are kids for whatever reason they realize that they're leaders but sometimes they'll just take that other route a little right. bit so we got them in the workplace too got, so <laughs> i know we got them everywhere but uh, if you can channel them what we were able to do is is select some of those that that some of the teachers and staff had relationships with right and in some rooms, classes, they were really good because mm-hmm. they liked the teacher and they right. worked with them, but in other classes, maybe they weren't. Yeah. We selected those kids, got those teachers involved that had relationships with them, and were able to use them to, uh, to touch base with other kids that maybe had taken a wrong turn or they were looking the wrong direction, and it, it took some time. But I think that they liked the fact that they were empowered and that we thought enough of them that they were important enough to the culture that we wanted them to come in and help us change it. So, uh, I mean, when someone comes to you and says, hey, you're important, you're important to me, you're important to this school, you're important to this community, and you can make an impact and change this school, then they realize it pumps them up, because a Mm -hmm. lot of these kids are kids that have never had that, they haven't had a parental you know, they don't have much parental support, or they don't have anyone that's really said, you know, you're, you can do this. Mm-hmm. So tapping into that and having some people to work with those kids and pull that out of them, that was very gratifying. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get a kid that's the big stud right. leader on the football team or the student council president. They're all on board. Right. It's getting those kids to come and say, we see you the same as we see them. Mm-hmm. You're the same type of leadership caliber we need you to come in and get on our team and help us. Yeah. And it was just, uh, it worked. It worked for us.
0: Well, that's a really an encouraging story. I think that's uh, something that, that uh, resonates at all levels, you know, in business and industry as well. Because I mean, as a consultant, and freelance trainer, I'm out in industry all the time. And I hear stories about the, the person who's always sort of the counterculture sort of guy, you know, or the, right. the girl or lady. So we call them insubordinate. That's the word that we use uh, in in, right. in that world. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned about the insubordinate is that uh, there are people who have a lot of energy, Uh, They have a lot of creative minds. I mean, they're smart people, and they're creative, many of them, and they're connected, and they have a following. And when you get to know that person, listen to their story, a lot of their, what we call their insubordination, comes from from a past of some sort of uh, feeling uh, disrespected some way or overlooked or talked down to or disaffiliated somehow, and so they're acting that out. And it's been my experience that if you find what that is and you're able to connect with it and turn it, a lot of time you get that person back on your side and uh, they become your heart and soul people again, because you have your heart and soul people just want to do everything. You, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, you got those. But then the, I think the, the, uh, the insubordinate is almost the same kind of personality, but they've just been turned somewhere. They've been Correct. turned off, you know, and they're just acting out. And if you can find that way to re-engage them, they're kind of come back. And uh, that's, uh, that saves a lot of problems and anguish down the road where you're just trying to punish them and threaten them and intimidate them all the time. It's not going to be productive. It never <laughs> is. <laughs> Reflecting back on that time, uh, when you were when this was developing, how would you say you changed? How did that affect
1: you personally? Uh, it made me a better person for sure because I had to think outside the box and I had to had to really drill down into it and work hard with the individuals and uh, it makes you take a different perspective basically of education you know a lot of times it can get really black and white in education you know here's the rules and regulations and the bell rings and you just move on and you just expect a lot of people just expect things. To flow a certain direction, mm-hmm. but when you're trying to change a culture, then you really have to to find out what it takes to touch people's hearts and their minds, and to get them to actually change because they have to change uh, the person that they are in order to move that direction. So it took a lot of hard work. You know, looking back on it now, you know it's amazing what we were able to accomplish. But we got the buy-in from the staff, and and when you're talking about, you know, uh, people that aren't on board, you know, when you got a hundred. I had 100 teachers on my staff at Muskogee High School. They're not all bought in either. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, changing some of those personalities or, I would say, insubordinates. They say, well, I've had five different principals. I've been doing this 25 (laughs) years. You're not going to change this. This is the way the culture is. To bring them along and show them, yes, we can, but I need you to help. I need you because every one of those people touches other people. And some of them have a following of teachers and staff there too. So it wasn't just about bringing the kids along. It was about bringing the teachers along and it's also empowered your support staff members your cafeteria workers and your custodians and those people and your librarians that worked with people to show them that they were important in this so it's a total community school community effort so it i think it made me obviously a better person and also made me understand just how important character education is because I had never actually implemented a character education program at my previous school or my other 18 years. So it showed me just how important it was to develop those character traits in young people and show them how important it is for them to be Mm -hmm. successful in the future and how much respect, how how important respect is. That was why Mm -hmm. that first, word in the road is are the respect part so we spend a lot of time on respect and a lot of time on taking those opportunities that you're granted you're only granted opportunities opportunities come along sometimes once in a lifetime for you to be mm-hmm. successful and to make sure that you achieve to your greatest demand and be determined to do things right. Uh, the right way so it changed me a lot in the same in the same way yeah
0: well, I think experiences like that really shape us all in some ways, and because we're going through it, we don't realize always how we and ourselves are being affected by the thing we're actually doing. Right, So, right. So it's, uh, it's really kind of a positive uh, that we have going for us and maybe sometimes we overlook. In the uh, 11 basic, the principles or whatever, that, uh, the, uh, the character principles, uh, Principle 4 says, uh, The school creates a caring community. One of the differences in the Gen Z population, which uh, was born basically between 95 and 2012, right. is that uh, they were born into a time where all they really know from what they see and hear around them is uh, this sort of tribalism and divisiveness kind of thing. I, I mean, I'm a boomer and I grew up, you know, let's help <laughs> each other and, you know, come by ya and all right. that kind of stuff. And even as a millennial, I related really well to them because they were sort of into that. And uh, and so, but but our young people now, they really haven't seen that. What they've seen is uh, us versus them and that kind of stuff, a mentality where there's a lot of political and social uh, uh, division, which is their normal. Uh, How do you think character education can help us to sort of break through that and get back to reestablishing what I might call a little bit more of a civil society where people... Uh, look for ways to cooperate
1: and collaborate rather than just to
0: be button heads all the time right
1: well you know the young kids nowadays a lot of it's impersonal because social media is so strong i mean they don't interact with other people they interact with a cell phone or an ipad or uh, they're playing video games so i mean it's real difficult sometimes for them to sit down and they don't like to talk on the phone i mean they don't you know they don't they just want to text Quick text right. and get it over with. So, you know, we dealt with all that because the social media was big at that time, too. But it's, I think it's, that's the toughest thing to deal with because they're not used to. When I grew up, you know, you'd go over and see your neighbors or go eat with them or you sit on the front porch and the family would come and people next door and you'd sit and talk and play music or whatever. But uh, now people go in their homes and they don't talk to anybody. They don't even know who lives next door to them. Right. I mean it's it's different the culture's different but I think character education kind of uh, brings some of that out in and I think it's still that respect part of it mm-hmm. you know to respect and your neighbors and your friends and begin to open up to other people and show that that those character traits are important in order for you to be successful yeah. because my success is not based on just me up here at the state capitol, it's based on the 151 legislators house and senate members for us to set down and have conversations and as you'd said earlier there's 151 different ideas when it comes to any one topic here so if you're not willing to sit down and communicate and uh, be respectful to others and listen to what they have to say and be open to it uh, you're not going to be very successful Mm -hmm. up here and that's what we try to impart with character education to the kids respect other people respect their opinions and we don't see a lot of that on TV nowadays, right. especially in the political arena a lot of times. At least that's what we see on the media is that we don't respect sure. others' opinions, and my opinion's the only one that counts. So I think that character education, uh, dr- drilling down into that helps those individuals and those kids and teachers all understand that uh, we have to work together and uh, we're here to in order to move this state in this country along and be more positive and, and grow it, then we're going to have to work together to get that done. Going
0: back to, uh, you know, thinking about your career and you finish uh, you finish a successful career where you've been recognized for all of your accomplishments, you know, as a, as a school administrator and character and so forth. Uh, why did you decide to uh, to seek public office? Why made you want to kind of get in this uh, part of uh, part of the
1: action? Being in the business as long as I was, and as a building principal for 26 years, and seeing my budgets shrink and shrink and shrink, and seeing it make it being harder and harder to get the dollars that we needed to uh, to fund our classrooms and buy textbooks and get money in our science labs and you know, over the years, and then talked repeatedly to my representatives and my senator at that time, and say, hey, when are we gonna fund education? I mean, we're not funding it at the level that we need to for our kids to be successful, and I was always a believer that uh, education is the foundation of economic development and growth in every area, and if you don't have a strong foundation, you know you build your house on sand it's not going to be very good as the old saying goes we need a strong foundation and i kept getting the run around well you know i'm not on that committee i'm not on the appropriations <laughs> committee i'm not on the education Committee. not my table it's not my table well i mean you can get <laughs> tableized up here if you want to if you won't call it that or whatever but the bottom line is you're my representative you're my senator i have a concern i'm a constituent I represent sixteen, eighteen hundred 1,800 individuals here at this school, adults and students, and you're not meeting my needs. So uh, I was getting long in the tooth in education anyhow. I put in 36 years. Uh, my, my predecessor, Earl Garrison, I had I'd known Earl for several years. He was superintendent at, at uh, Fort Gibson Public Schools and also Indian Capital Technology Center. Earl was terming out. And I said, you know, I'm tired of the runaround maybe I can make some things happen. And I'd been approached uh, previously by the party to, to run. I finally decided maybe I can do something at a larger scale that would affect not only Muskogee but also affect the state of Oklahoma. So that's what got me into uh, to politics, and I ran as a non-politician, which everybody says, all right, you're a politician, everybody's a politician, hey, you are, but then I'm not here to push a political agenda. I'm here for what's best for Oklahoma mm-hmm. and what's best for my district and the state all over. So uh, it's it's been interesting. It's different. It's not a lot different than being a high school principal. There's conflict resolution and mm-hmm. communication skills and working with people and building relationships. It's all about relationship right. building up here. Right. And when you have good relationships with people, then they're willing to sit down and talk to you, share ideas. And a lot of times you can get – Things moving in a direction, so it was not a lot different than what I did. Matter of fact, it was a lot easier job than what mm-hmm. I did over there. You know, fighting with discipline and dealing with uh, some of the issues with staff and different things. Uh, uh, being a public school administrator is a tough job, especially in certain areas of the state. So uh, all my skills that I had developed over the years really fit right into to this job here at the state house.
0: Well, every once in a while in the chambers, the bell rings and they take
1: roll. And so. <laughs> You know, it's not much different. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I got here when I first got here, they said, well, you know, there's, you know, I'd say we got a caucus meeting or a meeting at 9 o'clock. Well, people wouldn't get there at 9. You're only one there. And then 30 minutes later, you start. And I said, what? And they said, well, you know, it's Senate time. I said, no, nah, I, don't, I don't go with it's Senate time. When the bell rings, an old educator, you're there. So I'll be honest with you, That's over the right. last couple of years, we're starting more on time. We're getting more on track. It was because as we talked to other senators, they felt the same way. Yeah. So it's just kind of right. changed. I mean, you, yeah. you just kind of create a s- new expectation. create a new expectation. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. think we get we get started <laughs> on time a lot more and on the floor a lot quicker and not so much it's me, but at the same time, it's just that saying, hey. Guys, i I got other things to do. Right, yeah. I mean, 9 o'clock means 9 o'clock where Mm -hmm. I'm from. Uh, You can change things, even in an institution like this, to be honest with you.
0: (laughs) Well, now, you ran, obviously, on on your education experience. Yes. And I know as both a teacher and a coach and a school administrator and years of experience in the system, certainly you must have some thoughts on what – how to reform education, some ideas that you'd like to see beyond just paying our teachers better. Right. There should be some other things that are part of the system of education, the process of education that you may have some thoughts on. What uh, What process changes would you
1: make in the system? Oh, that's a tough, that's a tough question. Um, education so institutionalized, you know, set certain set ways. You know, I, I really think that you know, we're on an agrarian system of education. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to school nine months, we're all three, and you know the history of that. Really, there's really no reason for us to stop education because as an administrator, as a teacher, when you stop education for three months and you start <laughs> back up the first six, eight weeks or two months, it takes that right. time to catch the kids back up to what they forgot last year. Mm-hmm. So. I know there's not a really big push right now to go to year-round school of sorts, and I'm not saying year-round, but I think we need to really look at restructuring the way we go to school, whether it's, you know, we're in nine weeks and off a week, and then nine weeks and off a week, and then we maybe just, you know, cut it down to we're only off three or four weeks in the summer to where we don't get that lag. Uh, I know uh, that's that's been thrown out in some of the schools. Uh, Tulsa's tried that with some schools, and so Oklahoma City and stuff, and they don't stay in it very long, but I think our our, families or parents and grandparents everybody's gotten so ingrained to it sure and having that summer for vacation or Mm -hmm. whatever i think that's it's going to take some big push or change but i think at the same time we could be more successful with education Uh, i mean we're moving more towards the technology in and you know when i was at muskogee we went to -to one-to-one instruction in 2013 so every kid had a laptop we went to online instruction we got Mm -hmm. away from the textbooks and i think that's that's something we need to continue to do the school mm-hmm. districts it's just expensive but i mean there's different companies pearson has a great program and others where everything you want's right there you can pull right. in the classroom pull it right down uh it's expensive you know to bring in do one-to-one because of all the you know the laptops or the ipads or whatever but at the same time i think in a technological society if we don't move towards tech techno Technology, right. we're backing up, so I think the days of just having a paper textbook are just about gone. And I'll be honest with you, uh, my wife is a big reader. Mm-hmm. And she's got cases of books, but she's now gone away from that. She does, she does everything. She downloads all of her texts from, you know, Amazon now, and her right. Kindle, or whatever, yeah. and reads everything online. So she no longer has buying hardback textbooks or whatever. So I'd like to see us, as a state, move. You know to more technology and away from some of those things and uh, there's there's probably a lot of other things that we need to do i know virtual education has really grown here lately i think the schools and i have challenged all of my superintendents uh to get into the virtual end every school needs to have a virtual education or a blended education Mm -hmm. where you take some classes at school you take some classes online, you may only come to school for two hours a day. You may be able to do some here, some there, and still have the benefits of athletics and band and uh, course or whatever you have. So I don't want to disband public education by no means, but the the days of riding the bus and getting off at eight, getting back on Mm -hmm. at four, I think you're Mm -hmm. gonna see that change Mm -hmm. uh, the structure as time goes along.
0: Well, it's really exciting to think about the possibilities because uh, the technology does give us a lot of new ways to deliver content, right. and as a trainer myself, I, I go out into a company and I have person-to-person classes, but they also do get information other ways. I mean, I'm the same way. Like, I'm always online trying to learn something, <laughs> and, uh, and, and I realize that you can give people content information, give them facts and scenarios and things like that, and then that frees you up with time when you have face-to-face to do something different. So you're not lecturing, Right. Uh, you're having a conversation. You're doing demonstrations. You're working through uh, discussions and scenarios and things like that that lets the, the creative flow of ideas come out in that process where you continue to learn in different ways. I don't have a problem with getting a lot of content online. and I would think that in public schools, a lot of it is content delivery. Right. You know, and, and, and if you don't spend time, uh, class time with content delivery, Uh, that also gives you more time for other things like the arts or something else that you could do in the school day. So I just think there's a lot of great ideas out there, and I hope that we're smart enough to really try that. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to the 11 principles again, uh, the the, uh, character.org states that their mission is to provide leadership and advocacy for character worldwide. And uh, that they're dedicated to helping people everywhere become educated, inspired, and empowered to be ethical and compassionate citizens. And uh, the fifth principle says that this education or an education should provide students with opportunities for moral action by putting their core values into action and demonstrating intellectual and civic character. How do you think our political leaders show the way about how to accomplish this in every facet of our society whether it's business or government or education or public service what opportunity do our political leaders have to actually demonstrate this kind of moral
1: leadership i think that uh, they have opportunities to do that uh, you know on a daily basis I, i know how most of them are so busy you know within clubs and organizations and going into the schools and Demonstrating and talking to young people, I think it's uh, those those things are taking place, or if they're not taking place as much as they should, they the opportunities are there, you know, for them to show when they get on in a media situation like this, or on TV or whatever that median might be, that they demonstrate uh, ethical behavior and and uh, moral character, and that they don't fear being able to to state their belief structures and then push those things out. I think that's, uh, uh, I think the opportunities there sometimes, I think, because some people are concerned with political correctness, they may not uh, say the things that they really like to say. Sometimes it just takes a little bit more uh, internal courage to get those things out and to, and to do some of the things that are right.
0: Mm-hmm. For anyone who's in a leadership role, and earlier you mentioned uh, uh, like political, uh, not political, but. Uh, Athletes and uh, yes. people who are in student government and so forth are natural focal points, and as are celebrities, by the yes, way, correct. and uh, they're natural focal points. And that te- seems to me to also say that the price of uh, or the price of that privilege of celebrity is a, a higher sense of of uh, responsibility that people are watching. And that uh, they're taking their cue from you and the way you act and the things you say, and and it doesn't mean we all have to be the same way. It just means we have to be uh, we have to be respectful and compassionate and considerate uh, mm-hmm. with uh, what we say. It's all right to believe anything you want to believe and say anything you want to say. It's how you do it. Right. <laughs> that kind of is uh, is how how that works. Uh, one last question. Your best piece of advice to young people. Uh, uh, what would you say to them as starting out, that as they navigate and maze this uh, uh, this maze of ethical dilemmas and so forth that they're going to be facing in their life uh, moving forward, uh, how would you uh, counsel them to approach those issues?
1: Hmm. Probably one of the simplest ways to do that, and I was told years ago, was, you know, anytime you're contemplating doing anything or saying anything, uh, just just always think about what is that something that you would want your mother to know that you were going to say or do and I mean that's really the bottom line is we have to internalize what we do and if it's something that you're that you would be proud to let your mother or father know that you were going to be a, uh, attempting or doing or whatever then uh, then go ahead with it if you think mom really wouldn't like this maybe mm-hmm. you need to reconsider uh, and think a little bit about uh, your character in that situation or uh, uh, how you're going to handle your life. That's a pretty simple way of saying it, but it's it's always it's it's a it's an old an old adage I think that still holds true. Good advice. Well, listen, thank you so much
0: Senator Pemberton for uh, taking
1: time to talk
0: to us on the Spirit of Leading podcast and I want to wish you well in your endeavors to get more money for public education <laughs> and things of continue that nature. Continue to work on that, for sure. And also to encourage you to continue to uh, give your time and and uh, and passion to the character movement in the state of Oklahoma.
1: Okay, well, thank you very much. I've I've really enjoyed it and. Character Ed means a lot to me. Public education means a lot to me. And uh, we'll continue to forge forward and work hard for that. Thank you.
0: Senator State Senator Dwayne Pemberton, Senate, Senate District 9 from Muskogee and uh, what's the other county? Cherokee, Cherokee county. county. Cherokee Muskogee County. Muskogee and
1: Cherokee uh, Counties.
0: Uh, we appreciate your service in public education and also your passion for building character in our young people and the next generation of leaders. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, that's it for this installment of The Spirit of Leading. And I want to thank you for listening. I also encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community. When you join in with The Empowered, you'll get a notification of my latest podcast or the latest posts in my weekly Empowering Thoughts podcast series. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. And until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day and unleash your creative energy to encourage the spirit, enliven the heart, enlighten the mind, and enlarge the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters.